Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP, Town Hall. Welcome to episode 79 of the PHP Town Hall Sturgeon Run V2, and we're back with Phil Sturgeon, former host and PHP extraordinaire. Phil, how's it going? Hey, not too bad. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. It's nice to be home. What's going on with you guys? I think it's, it's been about, what, two years or so since you've been on. Um, what have you done? What have you been up to? What uh, haven't you done? Not much. I mean, I rage quit my job, left America, cycled two laps of Europe, uh, and then started a reforestation charity. So, you know, same, same old shit, really. Um, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> ben, how's it going? No, things are good. It's uh, it's pretty horrible out today. I went out to the store and it's uh, almost died a few times. It's great. Is it oh. so? Wait, you're further south than me. So is it like s- snowy and icy down there too, or is it just cold? No, nah, just super rainy thunderstorms. Uh, that's not too I, bad. I mean, I can't even go out to the store because it's like a a layer of ice outside. I mean, you could. I, I mean. No store is open right now. <laughs> <laughs> is, it just, like, is it just sliding trucks everywhere? I just imagine it's like that one video on, on Twitter, just everywhere you look, there's just sideways trucks shimmying around the road. <laughs> there's a, so I live like right by a pretty, it's like a, a, a main road in the area and some car just pulled out of my apartment complex and just spun its front wheel for what seemed like a good five or 10 minutes before it finally gained traction to keep moving. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it's like here. <laughs> I think if you, um, if you manage to get the tires hot enough, it melts the ice and then you just, then you're fine. Is that how it works? <laughs> you know, I got, I hope so. That, that should be, wouldn't that be bad? That, like that would burn the rubber and then that would like make you have to work harder because you'd have to plant more trees. Right. That is so, very true. Yeah. Please don't make me plant more. I managed to, um, managed to, get pneumonia from planting trees this weekend just hanging out in a cold field for 48 hours is apparently a pretty good way to get sick so i'm uh, gonna have to take the next four days off planting trees because there's more to plant this weekend did you uh, <laughs> so did you like have a tent or something or just like, out in the field with nature um i was out in the nature i had to take photographs of 1440 trees with no no glove on because i had them cycling gloves that, that don't work on the on the screen um and i i wasn't really sure where i was going to sleep but then the, the farmers put me up in a shepherd's hut, which had like an electric blanket and a little fire in it. It was the cutest, coziest, quaintest little thing in the world. Did you have like a nice um, sheep to cuddle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> luckily, it's a um, arable farm now. But uh, if there were sheep around, I would have cuddled one for warmth. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So where are you working at these days, Phil? What, what kind of stuff are you doing? Oh, I work for a company called Stoplight. Um, if you are in the API world. You might be pretty familiar with them. They help uh, have a whole bunch of API design tools. Um, and uh, if you're not in the API world, you should check them out because if you make APIs, they're really helpful. Um, yeah, I've been there for like two years. And uh, what have I been doing? I've been doing all sorts of jobs for them. I, I kind of started off just slinging code um, with uh, making Spectral, helping to make Spectral, which is kind of like Specky, which we talked about. Um, uh, different podcast, Matt. I forget which the hell podcast we're on sometimes. But yeah, Spectral is an API linter you can use to make a style guide for your API designs. Um, and then Prism's like a mock-in tool so that you can kind of build this fake API before you build your real one. Um, and then like prototype and play around with it um, before you waste time writing code. And then we've got a bunch of like documentation tools and an open API editor. So you don't have to write YAML by hand all the time. You can just like click a few buttons and derp your way through it and and it's nice and easy so um yeah making making stuff like that by day and then working on kind of save the planet stuff with spare any spare time and money i managed to drag together yeah so what's uh where did this come from right did, what i saw was you just kind of 
quit everything, got kicked out of the country, and now you're a, a tree hugger. So walk us through a little bit <laughs> how this happened. Yeah, the um, leaving America was mostly because I really hated my job. Like WeWork was an absolute mess. I've done a lot of posts. I did a lot of blog posts about how it was a mess while I was there, but they were just some really creative blog posts about like um, really terrible API versioning or like weird situations that happen when you don't use any timeouts or circuit breakers anywhere in a distributed uh, system and it's one one third party API crashes and then people can't go and take a shit. Um, <laughs> like all these weird things that happen. Um, but uh, yeah, between all of the kind of technical problems and just general burnout from from firefighting all the time and, and getting no recognition whatsoever, um, I, I just really wasn't in the good mental state. I, I was, you know, shouting at strangers on the internet more than slightly more than usual and um you know just generally burnt out and, and hated everything so life finally got to a point where i decided that as much as i wanted to stay in the states um i didn't want to stay there enough to keep working at a job i fucking hated and the type of job i was on the type of visa i was on was uh, wasn't transferable it's like an oh one you got tied to that job um so i basically said fuck it i'm out of here flip the table um, took the cheapest flight I could find out of the country after I sold all of my stuff um, and ended up in the Canary Islands because it was like $180 one way to just get plopped off on Grand Canaria. Um, and so I had like one backpack and a bike and and that was it. Um, and then I just started cycling around the place. Yeah. So a, qu a quick aside, when you did this, I thought you were just a complete dumbass because here's like, <laughs> we worked on an IPO in like three days. And you, yeah. And I'm like, what the <laughs> and then that whole thing just yeah, like, yeah. turned into a burning dumpster fire within right. you leaving. So I think you held it all together. <laughs> yeah, man, I got I got cheated out of some uh, some options in in a real stupid way and a bunch of other stuff. Like when when I was about to leave, they did this whole thing where they were like, "We will buy." They were doing like an options buyback because they were trying to raise that extra four billion or whatever it was, right? Um, and so they said, "We'll." will take a bunch of options off you at this price and i was like oh great i'll take those That's, that sounds brilliant give me all of them and there was some little small print in there that was like um if we don't take all of them then we'll let you know how many you have left um but they timed it so that i got the letter saying like oh we've only taken a few of them and actually most of them we're not going to bother i got that letter um i think the the day before um the deadline ran out because like i i quit just after I found out that was kind of going through and I was like, great, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get some cash. It's all going to work out perfectly. But they timed that letter to be like, lol, no, you can't. Um, and yeah, I, I lost a bunch of money. But then I was quite glad about it because those options would be worth absolutely fucking nothing by the end of it. So um, yeah, that, that company went from crazy person with a Jesus complex to crazy person wandering about <laughs> Union Square barefoot um, real fast. Uh, Glad, glad to not be there anymore. But um, yeah, I, I, my plan was just ride a bike around, like up and down this big old volcano for a while, and like chill by the beach with some drink with a, an umbrella in it. And and I figured like a month is infinite time. That's so long. I'm totally going to be over my burnout after a month. And then like three weeks in, I'm still cycling up this this mountain, surrounded by like beautiful people and beautiful scenery, and like. Literally, um, cycled up a mount, uh, th 4,000 meters up in a single day. You're up so high, um, that when you look out, you can't see the, the sea or the ground. You can just see the tops of clouds and the tops of other, um, other islands poking through. And they call it the sea of clouds. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. Um, and I was still arguing with my, like, dickhead manager in the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said this. <laughs> it's just really, really unhealthy stuff, you know, to be like that, that wound up and that angry. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was thinking like maybe I could take a ferry back to the mainland and then cycle to London. That would be cool. I could just start a new life in London, I guess. Um, and then I, I got working with um, Stoplight and they were saying like, maybe we can get you a new visa, one of the ones that's transferable, not these ones that tie you to the job. Um, and maybe you can come to Texas. I'm like, cool. Yeah. London, Texas, pretty much same thing, either one. Um, but I would have to wait around somewhere for like a year anyway. So I thought, screw it. I'll just start riding my bike. Um, and originally it was for a couple of months. Maybe I'll go hang out with the team in Poland. Um, and then got there and everyone was like, where are you cycling next? I'm like, I don't know, Greece. 
<laughs> and I just they they just kept like every month they'd just be like, So where are you going now? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Sweden's interesting, I guess. And I just kept riding just all over the place. Um but the the tree stuff got involved because I was like everywhere I went was just really deforested and I thought that I was just picking shitty routes and then I realized that everywhere is shitty. And <laughs> like I try going to all these national parks, try going to like um, you're you're in the Alps, and and it's just casinos, and you're in uh, like Andorra, which is this beautiful little um country tucked away in the in the um in the mountains between France and Spain, and and it's just all valleys, and the the valley floor is just shopping malls, right, and <laughs> ski resorts, and it's just miserable. And like everywhere I went, I kept thinking like maybe the nature's somewhere else, and I just didn't didn't find it. So um started working with um, ecology, used to be called Offset Earth raise a bunch of money for trees and now i've got my own charity that works with them planting trees in uh, in the uk so yeah that is my entire life story thanks for having me talk to you guys soon it's <laughs> great yeah thanks so no um, so one thing that is interesting right so you're cycling all over the place how are you working in the process what's your like your setup, uh, are you just on the side of the road with your laptop out, propped up on your bike, or what's going on there? Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so pretty much that. In COVID times, it's a lot harder because you can't just go chill in a coffee shop wherever you want, right? Um, it is a bit tricky. You have to kind of bounce from hotel to hotel to hotel um, now, and that's not been as fun. Um, but yeah, uh, so I started doing this, um, what was it, January February, Mar- March, 2019. And, and I was like full on cycling around for about a year before COVID times really hit. And yeah, um, some days I would, uh, if I'm staying in a hotel, I'd wake up, um, take my laptop downstairs to the hotel buffet and just hang out down there, ruining staff's lives for two hours, just eating the entire thing, trying to get my calories back, right? You burn 4,000 calories the day before, game on. Uh, and you just work a whole bunch on your laptop at breakfast, and then you go ride for a little bit, stop for a coffee, work for another hour or two, and then you keep ri- keep riding for a few more hours and stop for dinner. So some of those days are kind of, you know, leapfrog, or some days I just wake up and ride like hell until my legs don't work anymore and kind of stop for a few calls here and there. But it, it really depends on, on what's going on. But I had my laptop. I had a battery pack that could charge the laptop, um, so it kind of doubled or tripled the length of the battery life. Um, I've got my iPhone with a, with a personal hotspot and, and a decent data plan. Um, it started off just as my Sprint like American mobile phone network um, with an even more expensive bundle on it to use it in different countries. But um, yeah, um, yeah, pretty, pretty easy. Like people thought it was real hard, but there's internet everywhere. Just anywhere you go in the mountains, there's internet, you know? So, I mean, like when, when you get... Like when your coworkers had like an issue or something like that, like how how did you discern like I have to get off the bike right now and fix this, or it can wait until I'm at the next city where I can sit down and kind of work on this thing? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so a lot of the work I was doing sometimes it was just kind of uh, at, like reviewing pull requests, and so a lot of that can happen quite asynchronously. Um, a lot of the team was already in in Poland, and some of them were in America, so we were already quite asynchronous, but. Um, yeah, sometimes things will pop up. We had a, we had a numeric system, one to five, right? Like one, one was just whenever you get around to it, mate. And five was like, holy shit, pull over now, find a tree to loiter underneath and get this, get this sorted out. Um, and, and yeah, that, that worked out really well. Like my theory was I don't need to do eight hours a day. I just need to make sure that no one's blocked because, right. Cause, um, my, the work I was doing wasn't really writing code so much as it was like doing reviews and helping people with planning and like, um, solving random questions that came up. So it was kind of a, uh, kind of more like a 12 hour working day where there were some Europeans that would wake up and have questions. And then they used to have to wait for Americans to wake up and that was kind of rubbish. And so now I'm kind of the person in between in the middle that helps kind of solve those problems before the Americans wake up. Um, so yeah, just be riding my bike along. Someone would be like, Phil, I need help. And then I'd just be like sat in a field in Serbia, just answering their questions. <laughs> So, I mean, did you ever, like, sitting in a field with a laptop and a bike, probably looking a little disheveled, tired, sweaty, did, like, cops ever come up to you and say, what are you doing? Uh, never had the cops. Um, 
lots of random people. There have been a few times where just like random person driving by stops and starts asking me questions. And like, I'm just like reaching for the knife in one of my bike bags. <laughs> and then they just want to ask questions. They're like, where, you know, they just end up asking like, where did you start? Where are you going? Oh man, that's so cool. Or whatever. Um, or yeah, Bosnian truck drivers like pulling over to, to, um, like ask if they could buy me a lemonade because they liked my bike and shit. <laughs> and just wanted to chat with me about my adventure. Um, I realized that sounds way more dangerous than it, than it was, but <laughs> he was a nice guy. Was buy me a lemonade, like a in, innuendo in Europe that I'm not aware of, or was this an actual <laughs> lemonade? Yeah. I'm not very up on Bosnian, uh, pickup lines, but I, uh, I guess I am now. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned one. <laughs> uh, so real important. The listeners can't tell this, but do they not have uh, haircuts in Europe right now? Oh man. I am, I am working on a mullet essentially. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I was about six months overdue before our most recent lockdown. So it's gone from shit show to, I don't even know what comes after shit show, but uh, yeah, I'm scared. Please, please help me. If you guys ever cut your own hair, do you know how to do this? I've shaved my head, but I don't know if you want to go that far. Yeah. I think you should. The only scissors I have are like, um, uh, like cuticle scissors that I use to occasionally jab my beard a little bit ad hoc. Uh, but I feel like I'm not going to get very far on my hair with that. What's that thing? Didn't, uh, didn't Jose Gonzalez like shave his head at a cake PHP conference or something that one time? (laughs) You can pull one of those, do it for charity. Do it for Uh, trees. Too many trees need you to shave your head. Oh, could it be anyone that's not him? No, you. (laughs) Can we like find someone that used to bully me at school to do it or something? (laughs) I mean, you could, you could totally auction off, you know, hundred trees to shave your head or whatever it is. That is true. That is true. I I did some charity um, waxing uh, a few years back when I was up in Newcastle uh, on this startup incubator. I can't remember what it was for, but um, it was ten pounds for every strip of wax you remove uh, from my chest, and it was like a live uh, live event at a, at a pub. And they started off on like right boob, and then they just decided that I wasn't in enough pain, um, so they started working their way down my chest, um, and they got quite a long way down before I, 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 it, it was terrible. Um, but I think I managed to raise thirty pounds, so it was all worth it. I don't know how much a tree costs, but I'll give you a thousand if you do your eyebrows. <laughs> um, oh shit! Yeah, I owe. I actually owe uh, Matt. I owe you and um, our co-host from the APAs You Won't Hate podcast. Uh, was it two thousand trees each? I bet two thousand trees that that Trump would get reelected, and uh, just not hoping that he would. I know there are some people in the PHP community that feel that way, which was pretty hilarious. Um, but uh, just, I really thought that he was going to end up getting reelected, and thankfully, I was wrong. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've got to put some trees in your account, huh? At some point, yeah. I mean, I just figured you're going to plant them and then call it a day, really. But, <laughs> you know. uh, yes, I keep so accidentally is- spending all my money on on trees. What's involved in planting a tree yourself? Right, like you're actually digging the hole and putting seeds in, or what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. Well. So exactly, exactly that. Um, basically, start a charity which works with landowners all over the place. I mean, the lockdown farm I was on, um, well, I ended up in a lockdown on a farm because I had to Airbnb somewhere. Turned out to be a cool cottage on a farm uh, and made friends with them. And they agreed that I could plant a bunch of trees there. And then I talked to a bunch of other farmers and they can, they're cool with it too. <laughs> Um, and basically, yes, it's really kind of started off real small, simple way. Um, but now we've kind of joined up with a few other organizations, right? There's, um, uh, uh, farmers and wildlife environment. Oh God, they've all got acronyms. I can't remember, but there's this one local charity, uh, one local organization that works with farmers to figure out how they can improve the yield of their farm, right? Um, and make it better for the environment at the same time. And sometimes they just need a bit of money to, to, to do some of that work. And so my charity acts as a go-between between funding partners like Ecology, who have got a bunch of people that would like to pay money to, to fix the, the environment, and, and the people that have land that can do stuff but don't necessarily have the money. Um, and so we just kind of work on joining all those people up 
Um, and so as well as filing a shitload of paperwork, which is most of what I spend most of my time doing, um, there's also that like wonderful day where you actually go and get to plant some trees. Um, and so <laughs> there's one chartered forester, um, Eddie Crookshank. Uh, he said planting a tree is step number 42 of forestry. And it really bloody is. You have to get permission from every single son of a bitch in, in the whole area, like eight different governmental organizations. And you have to ask the local parish council and the bird watchers society. And you have to do a survey of the local sheep to find out if they have any opinions or it might damage their view of the pond nearby. And once you've got everyone to agree that you can plant these trees and off, off you pop. Um, luckily, if the projects are small enough, they don't care. So anything, anything under, uh, d- different, it depends, different parts of the UK, but like if it's less than a couple of football pitches, you can kind of do it without that much permission. But as soon as it's a little bit bigger, you, you, essentially have to get planning permission to be able to do it. And and that can, like, we had one project that took five months to get a no. So we cut it in half just to skip the, the planning permissions phase. And then now we're going ahead. You know what I mean? Um, so the dig in the tree is really easy. You just get a shovel, you just shove, shove a shovel in and speed, and then just like dig a little hole or you just dig a slit and push it backwards and forwards, jab the tree in and then like kick the mud down. And then that's that. Real simple. <laughs> So, like, how does how does technology play into this, though? Like, I mean, I was you're you're a noted, semi noted API developer. People know who you are. Notorious. Um, I've heard notor- of them. <laughs> the notorious <laughs> API dev. Um, yeah. Like, as you're obviously, this is a very physical job. But like, is are you able to use technology in any sort of way, APIs or anything like that, so that way you can make it easier on yourself? Yeah, there's there's a bunch of really interesting things starting to starting to come up. So one of the things is tracking them trees, right? Like people want to know that you've actually planted some trees. This ain't some um, airline, uh, you know, uh, tree planting scam where they they charge you a whole bunch of money and put one shrub in the car park and say they did a million trees or whatever. This is like this is something that people can see. Um, we're putting the trees on a map and we're we're, we're tracking every single one, photograph um, of each one. We've got a really simple iOS app. Um, that's put together by a volunteer, which is really cool. Everyone just wants to help with this project, um, uh, which is called Protect Earth, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned the name of the charity, but um, people want to help. So this one chap made an iOS app, and while you're out about in the field, take photographs of each tree you plant, mark what species it was. It goes up to our air table. Um, just because of being lazy, didn't feel like building the whole back end for it, and it totally works really well. Um, so then we've got all the coordinates and the what three words uh, to, to track them. Um, and then we expose that as a read-only API to Ecology, who can kind of uh, then ingest it into their system, right? Because when you're a paying member on Ecology, you are paying to plant trees. Um, and if you're, I think if you're a business, then you can kind of do a premium option, which is like, I want to plant UK trees, and they're a bit more expensive. They're three pounds something on their system. Um, and when you do that, it goes off to partners like ourselves. So they ingest that data from our Airtable through our API into their system so that it shows up the picture and the coordinates and the what three words on your profile, on your forest when you, um, when you sign up. Um, and, and beyond that, we're, we're trying to look into kind of a step two of that, which curious about you got what you guys would think. We want to basically maybe slap a QR code on the, on the, on the tree tube. You know, those big kind of sad plastic tubes that they use we're trying to get away from those and maybe use cardboard tubes instead. Um, but we want to like stick a QR code sticker on that so we can come around. My charity goes back to check on the trees every, every six to 12 months, right? See how they're all doing. Um, but we want to be able to go like, bop, ah, fuck a deer ate this one. Ah, well, we'll replace it. Or like, oh, this one's doing all right. Like here's an updated photograph of this tree. Um, some people are saying like use our RFID chips and I'm like, cool. Now the cost of trees is three times more because we've got RFIDs on them. <laughs> but um, there's got to be something out there we could use to track the progress of these trees. Right. I really thought you were going to like stamp a QR code into the trunk of the tree. And that just sounds <laughs> like completely antithetical to everything. No, I mean like if you have like a QR code on like the, the tree tube and then let's say it uploaded to like, I know you have Airtable right now, but, like, if you updated yeah. or uploaded it to Twitter, so that way, like, you know, there's a constant stream of tree updates. That would be yeah. kind of interesting and fun, I guess. I think people will get a little bit miserable with that when I upload the 1,440 photographs I just took of exactly the same looking tree. 
<laughs> that's a, when that's so an tiny, oddly, that's that's an oddly specific number. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's how many they planted. <laughs> I um. Uh, I, I hope I have exactly 1,440 pitches, or I have to cycle another 65 kilometers and hope I don't get pneumonia again. But um, <laughs> yeah, they they come in funny funny orders. What's really funny is sometimes with the first batch we did, we did 100 trees the first time around. Um, it was a really sad story. The the nearby nursery was um, going to mulch a million oak saplings. They were just going to shred them because COVID had meant that people weren't planting trees. Um, so this million were going to go on a wood chipper and uh, the, you know, people were shouting like, oh, quick, we need to claim them. And, and we managed to get a hundred for our farm. I wish it could have got us more, but we already had like 3000 come in um, from somewhere else. And yeah, I, I planted them. And I was like, fuck, I've only got photographs of 92. Where do the other ones go? <laughs> and I don't know if I dropped some lying around or whether I planted them and didn't upload a fo- uh, photograph of them or something else happened. Um, but I was like, hey, great news, everybody. We've planted 92 trees. Like, that sounds suspect. <laughs> you need to be able to like, just fly a drone over and check on the trees, right? It seems like yeah, you yeah. just cycle that far. That's what I've been doing, actually. So while, uh, while I was in lockdown on the farm planting them trees, it was really nice. We, we put them all over the place because some of the planting we're going to do is just like, here's a giant field. Now it's a giant forest, right? Like you just do that whole field. Uh, but some of these were kind of spread around all up hills and all around the corner. And um, so I just sat there with my little, little drone, uh, DJI Mavic Mini. Um, and it can't go very far and it gets upset when it's cold or wet or anything other than perfectly normal room temperature. Um, but it was really handy to just sit there and like drink a cider and fly this thing over and go check up on the trees. And a few times I'd find that one of them had fallen over and I just like go run up the hill and pop it back up again. Um, it was pretty nice. Uh, not to have to do stuff, but yeah, now, now we've got, uh, we're up to 2000 trees. We're planting another 1,500 this weekend. Um, and another 1,500 the weekend after that. And they're spread out all over the country. Uh, and it's just going to get more and more difficult to, to keep track of them. But, um, yeah, luckily the, luckily the farmers go out, like the landowners go and have a check and make sure things are doing generally okay. And then every time I go back, I'm going to cycle up or one of the other teams going to go and have a look. And we'll just fly the drone around and, and show how things are doing. And then hopefully we can give interesting looking videos of uh, like, you know, superimpose the same route over uh, every year. So you can see different seasons, different times, um, different years. Um, you can see how them trees are coming along. Uh, and then hopefully people are realizing a scam because there's so many scams in, in the reforestation space. It's really hard to get people to trust you. And there's so many silly articles that come out like, did you know sometimes reforestation's bad? Because some idiot planted in a peat bog in the '90s, and now everyone's and suddenly a forestry expert telling me that actually, Phil, did you know sometimes planting trees is bad? Oh, thanks, thanks. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, um, how does yeah. this work with the landowners? Right? Are you renting like a one square foot space from their land? Uh, mm. So, like, is it year by year, or how's that work? Uh, different projects work in different ways. Um, Basically, we have we have five different landowners at the moment, and and some of the motivations are, are very different. We aren't renting any of their land; they still own the land, um, but we are helping hook them up with money in various different ways. Um, so some of them, or some of them, don't actually want any money. Some of them wanted to reforest parts of their land for reasons like one of them is a is a farm that's been converted to a, um, a wedding venue, uh, like an event space. And they really wanted to have a nice woodland there and they just couldn't afford it. And they, they couldn't afford to hire a, you know, expert forestry service who would, would come in. Cause you can, you can hire these people and they're like, Oh yeah, it'll be 2000 pound for us to have a look at it. Uh, 2000 pound for us to plant it. And then the trees will cost you another 4000 pounds or whatever. And that's mad. Um, we've got a guy, um, like a, <clears throat> a conservation officer, I call him. And he's really good and he'll, he'll figure out what we should plant uh, in what mix and where. And then we'll buy them all from a nursery wholesale and we're a charity. So we get discounts. Um, and then we just turn up with a bunch of volunteers and, and plant them all. And it doesn't cost them anything. Um, and we get reimbursed from, from ecology for, for all the trees we plant. So sometimes they just literally want to plant trees and don't want to spend money on it, which is fine because a lot of us that don't have land would like it if people planted trees. So that, that kind of works out. Um, 
And sometimes, honestly, it's just a diversification of income. Um, there's a lot of different government grants around that are really bloody obtuse and hard to figure out. And we've got a guy who knows them inside and out. Um, and, and so for projects of a certain size, there are things like the government can reimburse you for your um, tree money. And then you can um, you don't have to charge ecology quite so much. And you can have some of that money kept around for maintenance and things like that. So there's various different ways to combine, combine these different um, uh, kind of income streams to pay the farmers to, to have this woodland for a little while. And then there are things like um, the Woodland Carbon Code, which can give them an income for like 50 more years. If they just leave those trees alone and don't cut them down, then they could get an income for like 50 years from, from selling wooden carbon credits. Um, and so, yeah, it's basically helping landowners discover how they can make money from forestry and guiding them through the whole process and doing a lot of the manual work for them. Because if, if it's just the government grants, I know landowners that have looked at it and gone, ah, I thought about doing some reforestation, but it just doesn't make any sense. But if you can sprinkle a little bit more money in there from, you know, ourselves, from, from the public and from people like ecology, uh, then all of a sudden they go, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that then. Let's give that a try. And, and all of a sudden you've got a whole bunch of trees. So That's cool. Are, are most of these like they're reusing land from something else or this is just sitting empty now? You know, mm. like it was a cornfield and now it's trees or is it just random? Yeah, uh, most of them are smaller at the moment. I think there's a few of these different landowners that are doing kind of a trial process with us. So uh, most of our projects are kind of 500 to 2,000 trees. We were trying to do 3,000 um, on one, but that was the big one we had to cut in half. Um, and basically, one of them I think is really interesting. It's uh, the side of a riverbank is being eroded, and this fishing club have fishing rights to this bit, this this really long stretch of riverbank. Um, and there's just no trees there. They've all been removed by the farmer a long time ago. And and basically, they're not going to have anywhere to fish soon because they have rights to this land, and this land soon won't exist. So we're just planning that up with 500 trees, um, so they can sit in the shade and fish, and that'd be nice. Um, but other ones are like uh, farms. Farms have bits that aren't being farmed, right? Like the bigger the farm, the more of these little gaps and hedges and margins that are edges and margins that aren't going to be used. Like um, a really pointy corner on a field that a tractor can't get into when it's doing its rounds, um, or like a really slopey bit between two flat bits of field that you know um, it's just too wonky for for a tractor to to get anywhere near. So there's quite a lot of these kind of gaps and bits that you can plant um but also there's a bit of a change in in mindset which is farmers for the last kind of 50 years have been ripping out every single hedgerow and every single bit just getting as much square inch floor as possible because then you can plant more stuff and then you get more money but then you get soil erosion and and like the wind just fucks up your crops and and there's no shade for anything and the soil is bullshit so you have to pile in fertilizer but now everyone wants organic so you can't do that anymore um so what they're starting to do is bring back more hedgerows more trees more shelter belts is what we planted at the other one where you plant this really thick dense row of trees um and it will make a windbreak that that stops the wind coming through and if you've got cows in the field it stops the cows getting so cold which is apparently good for their mental health <laughs> that's like an actual thing i read happy cows because they've got these these um trees breaking the wind uh, and it like means that it's warmer in the field so that the crops grow better and all this other stuff so so it, it's not about taking up land that a farmer could use for agriculture but it's about using bits of land they aren't using or about making land they're already using more productive by by making you know by bringing a bit of nature back and not making it this barren desolate wasteland um yeah so i mean like how much time have you spent researching what trees are native to what areas and how do you make sure that you're not in you know putting a an invasive tree species in a certain area yeah that is a good point um we have various different advisors that help with various different things right um the first project we did we were like hello there the woodland trust what trees please do we have um and and they kind of told us um and then interestingly they they recommended some ones that that shouldn't have gone there. So, luckily, we've um, we found better experts. And there's a, um, a, a basically we have a chap, Steve Wiltshire, um, who who we just say like, hey, go check out this field, go have a wander around, 
He ended up getting COVID, poor guy. He's pulled through, but he's had to do a lot of desk-based searches for now. And he's just like Googling stuff and looking at satellite pictures and looking at all these different um, layers on this map to figure out like what should go there. Um, but we have, we've had these experts and advisors that say like, you should plant this mixture of trees and you should put, you know, um, alder and, and, and willow down in the, in the, in the wet, uh, lower wet areas by the river. And then you should put like sea buck something <laughs> like trees I've never even heard of before. He's like, make sure you plant a hundred of those up there on the, on the high part. I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds good to me. Um, so I'm learning, I'm learning a lot, uh, as I go about what trees are good where and in what mixture. Um, but they'll give really detailed guides, like, um, you know, plant these at this density and, and, and plant these together in groups of six and plant those together over there. And we just, we just do what they say. Um, so what's, what's next? Like you've conquered the PHP world. You've pissed off a lot of people in the PHP world, <laughs> conquered the API world. You so far haven't really pissed off a lot of people in that world. Um, GraphQL people were pretty upset. Yeah. Well, they're wrong. Should so be. They can just <laughs> yeah. Well, Those people are just miserable anyways. Who cares about them? Well, yeah. I mean, some people need Velcro on their shoes and some people need GraphQL. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, so what's next? That'd be a good um, slogan for your other podcast. <laughs> absolutely. No, no, we'll just push forward. 200, everything's okay. Literally everything, even when it's not. Um, so... Yeah, next. Uh, so trying to trying to go trying to go big with the cherry, trying to buy land instead of working with little projects here and there with, with landowners. We want to like full on buy a whole chunk of land. Um, been looking at uh, two hundred acres in South Wales recently. That'd be pretty exciting. Um, just want to like pitch up a caravan on that and then just focus on working. Uh, well, I work for an American company, so I can work when it's dark and I can just plant trees when it's when the sun's up and I can I can write code. And, and, and blog and, and whatever else um, when the sun goes down and just be just be a tree farmer. That's all I want. I'm from the southwest of England. I've got this farmer accent. I might as well use it to do some actual farming. You know, that's what it's all about. How long would it take <laughs> to plant all those trees? Um, so by when you're doing it by yourself, uh, the, the suggestion is apparently 50 to 100 trees a day. Um, we've seen people get a lot more efficient than that when they get into like a chain production. Um, where like one person's got the shovel and they're digging holes and another person is plopping the tree in and putting a tube on and someone else is, you know, taking a photograph of it or whatever. Uh, when, when you have a really good efficient team like that, you can, you can really knock them out. Um, when we first tried doing it, it took us about a week to plant a hundred, but we were having to like slash hedgerows with ha blunt hand tools and stuff like that. So, uh, it really does vary, but. Yeah, I think if if there's a hundred thousand trees, then like I'm calling every favor I have and getting everybody in. I I can possibly beg to come and help me plant some trees because that will be that will be a lot. <laughs> you can I'm only volunteer, plant. but I'm pretty sure the flight kind of negates the purpose, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm definitely kidding. But at least with this, you would know that those trees are actually getting planted, right? Like all those, yeah. Oh, I'm going to offset my flight. Probably never goes anywhere. But at least you actually know. <laughs> Ugh. Just curious, like how many trees would you need to offset a flight from, let's say, New York City to London? Uh, and I'm not, uh, I'm not asking because I want so to come you over and plant trees. You, yeah, you don't want permission. Um, uh, I forget the numbers off the top of my head. It's something. I think the flight is something like, like it's somewhere between one and two tons, right? Like the average footprint of an American is something like twenty tons of CO two equivalent. Um, and Pretty the average was sure. that. For a year or for a day? For, for a year. Okay. 20 tons CO2E. Um, the average uh, Brit is like 10. The average European, other European, is like 5. And the average is that because we're so fat? Yeah, it's because you drive everywhere, man. Um, and I think the average African is like 0 0.2. Um, and so the flight is somewhere between 1 and 2, depending on which way you go, how, what the, the jet stream's up to, and, and who you ask. Um, but... Like, generally speaking, uh, one tree will take up, like, a ton of CO2. Like, it depends on the species and, you know, survival ratios and everything else. But, like, a ton of, of CO2 for a tree isn't, isn't that unreasonable. Um, but the problem is it might take 50 to 100 years to get there, you know? <laughs> um, so, 
yeah, it, it gets really difficult to do the math. Something along the lines of, I think someone said 340 tons per hectare, which is like an Olympic running circle. It's like a hectare. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't do that math. We hire people to come in and verify how much carbon our, our trees will take up. <laughs> So I just looked it up because I was curious, and it's apparently 1.62 metric tons. So Nice. Nice. Well, I am never going to London now. How many trees would that be? Uh, so yeah, 1.6 theoretically, but that only gets you one way. <laughs> so you, have to well, stay well, and be Phil, a you don't have to be like the harbinger of doom here, okay? I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's also tricky as well because assuming that that one tree will will make it to a hundred years is, is is like unlikely as well. So I guess, yeah, plant plant. I don't I don't know because <laughs> different websites ask for different amounts of money as well. So like, if I was gonna say like plant ten trees or whatever, like ten native British broad oak uh, broadleaf trees, maybe. Um, but if you spend like, you could probably spend. One dollar fifty planting a few mangroves, and then that might not take up so so much. So I don't know. Cut this whole bit. Just rambling. <laughs> that's what the people listen for. Oh, Phil's yeah. not listen to people just bullshit for two hours. It'd be great. Yeah, Absolutely we have to not, fill up their, their massive commutes and their big ass cars blowing up all. By the, the way, my podcast time has really died down since this latest work from home stint. What about y'all? You mean like listening to podcasts or creating podcasts? Because no, creating went up, listening went down. It is because this is like the first one we've done in quite some time. It's because I did another podcast without you. Mm. You did what? You cheating on it with a different <laughs> podcast? It's, to be fair, I'm cheating. I'm cheating on Ben with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, I mean I go probably... through phases with podcasts. Like every so, like I'll dive deep into them and then get sick of them in a week or two, and then it's just. It switches off. Like audiobooks are my big thing, though. Mm. I go back and forth. I feel like an audiobook needs like I don't know, a certain headspace or something. You know, like uh, uh, sometimes I don't want to learn anything. I just want to like yeah, listen to people talk about bullshit. You know, it it depends on the book. Like I tried to listen to uh like a fiction like On the Road by Jack Kerouac or something. I just couldn't get into it. Um, but I listened to uh The Billionaire Loser expecting to see um, a cameo from Phil talking about WeWork's terribleness. Um, and <laughs> it was like 10 hours just breezed right by, um, which I think is, that's mm. how long the book was or something. But like, and I was just listening to it in spurts, like go walk the dog around the block, put it on. Um, and that's all of 15, 20 minutes, but yeah, I don't know. It worked for me, but I get it. So check that out. So that's about Adam Newman. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I mean, it talks about the other guy, uh, Mikhail, Miguel, um, whatever his name is, and then um, the antics of him and uh, what's his name, Masi, Masayoshi's son, and yeah, and then it gets to the IPO, and that's when it gets really good. It's, it's good times. Oh yeah, just nonsense. Hey, I looked up. I have a very good short answer for you now, so I don't have to ramble for like ten minutes. So if you want to remember to cut at like minute forty-four. Then we don't we, do, we don't do that on this we can podcast. do the how many trees to do the London the New York bit. Yeah. It costs a dollar extra um, to do cuts and we don't have that. I will give you a dollar. <laughs> could be but, a um, tree. Fall. Yeah, so minute forty four. Yeah, there you go. Um but yeah, Matt, if you were to say how many trees would it need to go to New York, right? Then we could do that. So how many, so rough estimate, like if I want to go to let's say London from New York City. How many trees am I looking at? Uh, that is a tricky one, but uh, according to most numbers for how much CO2 is pumped out um, by that flight, somewhere between one and two tons of CO2 equivalent, right? So you take all the different gases and math them to be the equivalent of CO2, somewhere between one and two tons. Um, a acre of woodland can supposedly sequester about uh, 2.5 tons a year. So you plant a bunch of trees in a field, that, that brand new forest um, each year will take up somewhere about two and a half tons, which is about the same as the flight. Um, so yeah, you've got to plant an acre of woodland for your flight. Um, and an acre of woodland costs about £10,000. Um, so if you want to start bulk buying some acres, you know, then uh, they get cheaper the more acres you buy. 
So we're trying to buy 200 acres where um, it's about £4,000 an acre. Um, but the actual amount of money cost that it will cost you to, to soak up a flight is, um, is yeah, somewhere between four and £10,000. That's before you've even got around to buying the trees. Um, so <laughs> the, the real, the real cost of creating woodland is really high. And that's why you want to be very suspicious of anyone that, that can do it quite cheaply. Um, so yeah, just don't fly is the answer to that one. Sorry. Let's go. We've got to make a train. We've got to get a, we've got to do a, like a channel tunnel, but to, to New York. So then I can come hang out with you guys. You've been to America, right? I mean, like we don't believe in trains. <laughs> yeah, that's a, they're so, that's a they're socialist. Television. They're socialist. <laughs> yeah. Jesus drives the Ford F-150. Yeah. Right. But I'm I'm going to come see you guys. You just got to take. I got to take a cargo ship. It takes eight days. I get to hang out with pirates and drink rum uh, and play poker. But Wait, are you uh, seriously going to do this? Yeah. It's the lowest carbon really? footprint way to get to the states, apart from a sailboat. But I don't have a Moroccan prince friend like Greta Thunberg. It also sounds like the easiest way to die on the way to the States. <laughs> it's probably safer than being in America, though, right? Depends on the part, really. I mean, <laughs> if you go to Texas, it's probably not that safe. Right. Anyway, you mean ask- Texas living boss listens to this, and he's like, God damn it. <laughs> Texas again. Uh, it's easy to do. Hey, you guys have been asking me a bunch of questions, but I have a very important question for you. Uh, what drama have I missed while I've not been paying attention to what's going on in PHP? Is there any been has there been any nonsense going down that I've missed out on? Uh, it's all I going that smooth. There's been some uh father Christian husbands upset about the election. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I pointed out yeah. that wasn't wasn't a very mature stance to take. Um nothing better than that, really. No, I mean no. Everyone's just kind of retreated to their own corners and just they're doing their own things. Um, mm. Trying to think, like, I, the Laravel is now on a yearly release cycle instead of a bi-yearly release cycle. Okay. And, but, I mean, even even that didn't really cause any kind of ripple. It's just kind of like, okay, yeah, we get it. It's fine. Cool. I guess now you get major breaking changes once a year instead of every six months. That's probably a, probably all right. Yeah. Uh, there was one I was trying to remember who did it, but with the PHP 8, there was someone that was kind of lagging behind with their package updates, and that was like a thing for a week. Mostly PHP is pretty boring now, though, right? Like, it's kind of matured oh. a bit. I think we've all gotten older, and uh, we go to bed early. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Where's the, where's the drama at? Which, which language or framework should I use if I want to get my fix of just childish people screaming at each other about nothing? What do I... GraphQL? <laughs> We did that one already. We can't just No, we can that is that horse is not dead yet. <laughs> we can we can beat the shit out of it. Ruby no, seems I, to be a good source of that still somehow. Maybe sorry. it's just DHH. Uh, I mean you can just follow DHH for hot takes on anything really though. Yeah, no, I saw that we reinvented Ajax three times in the last month, but I was doing I was doing tree stuff, so I didn't But get it's easier and more back in D. Cool. Yeah. Fantastic. He also reinvented email and then created a fake drama around Apple so that way he could get more people to sign up. Mm. So cool. Like, yeah, I, I mean, lock, lockdown is, is hard for some people, you know? There's, there's just nothing much to do. You gotta whip up some fucking fake drama, I guess. Oh, he, he was doing a great job of, uh, so they set up this thing where, like, you could email them your angsty thing and then it would print off a piece of paper onto a conveyor belt and then it would light the paper on fire mm. which like was terrifying from a carbon emissions thing like why why yeah i i actually Isn't saw that that. bitcoin right mm. <laughs> <laughs> at least with bitcoin theoretically you could buy something but just straight up burning shit is not even slightly useful um yeah, I got into a bit of a shouting match with Jason Wasserface from Hey about that. I actually was talking to him about it, and he was saying, well, actually, we are carbon offsetting this, so it's fine. And I was like, that is absolutely not what carbon offsets are about. Carbon, <laughs> carbon offset isn't just hitting undo on you doing pointless grandstanding bullshit. I think that might have been an actual direct verbatim tweet, but... Um, yeah, we got into a bit of a backwards and forwards about it, and, and then some like random fanboys started jumping in, and they were like, 
oh, well, John Oliver recently blew up 2020. He had a giant thing that said 2020 and he like, he blew it up. Do you think that's okay? I was like, no, I love jo- uh, John Oliver. He's my spirit animal. But if I was having a conversation with him and he was like, Phil, do you think I should like set off an explosion for, for, for giggles? I'd be like, or, or don't, right? I would ask him to please not. Um, so I, burning shit pointlessly is, is, is not okay just because you've done a carbon offset and, and doing it for marketing is just the dumbest, it's just the dumbest thing. Can't you find any other way to be entertained? I just want to get him like, I don't know, get him one of them like cup with a ball on a string and be like, go play with that or something instead if you're fucking bored. Um, Genshin Impact is really interesting. Play that for five days or five months, but yeah, just don't burn shit. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, that's it's been pretty quiet. It's hmm. actually like too quiet. Yeah, maybe conferences were the secret source of the drama. And now that those are gone. There's no drama. I don't know. My theory. <laughs> oh, because we were all being brought together where we had to pretend that we got on and then get and then and you then put like. A thousand nerds in a room and get them really drunk and they fight. It's surprising. <laughs> right. There's lots of really socially awkward people here that are incredibly drunk and one of them said something bad. Let's all talk about that for three months. <laughs> I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll just say there's been a strong lack of men doing creepy things at conferences. Can only imagine why. I haven't heard anyone called a hobbit in months. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll probably change just because, you know, it is what it is. Well, how close are you guys to getting vaccines? Uh, Matt, you're getting something, right? Uh, yeah, I'm high up on the list because my girlfriend is high up on the list for reasons. And so as soon as they say go, I am 100% like sleeve up, stick it in me, I'm good. So hopefully she has she has to travel for work here in a couple of weeks. And so we're really hoping to get it at least the first one um, before that point. but. I live in Tennessee and our governor is doing his a great job at um, falling down, trying to yeah. manage this whole thing. It's, it's amazing. Like this is what failing your way up to the top looks like is, is how our governor <laughs> is handling things. It's, it's right. awesome. But most of these idiots just expected to be able to kind of corrupt their way through a couple of years of, of getting, getting yeah. tax breaks on the slide. They didn't think they'd actually have to do anything. So really I feel sorry for them. They've had all this pressure put on them. When all they've done I mean, is take like, bribes. I mean, I will say, like, people want to like dunk on Trump for being a terrible person, and he absolutely is a terrible person. But man, like having Biden in the White House and having like a and the adult back from vacation after like a four year extended trip to um wherever they went to is yeah. great because now we're seeing like I was reading like we're seeing exponential growth in vaccine distribution across America, and it's God, it just feels good to have adults in control of things. Yeah. I mean, having an actual, having an actual like leader, like it doesn't even have to be good, just like better than a a total twat. Like having an actual, you having an actual president just feels like sobering up after being just drunk for four years. And then I realized I've been drinking my way through the Trump presidency and that's actually what happened. Um, (laughs) I think the weirdest (laughs) thing for me has been like, Politics is not as interesting anymore, right? Like it used to fill up a certain percentage of my day just following the drama and the existential dread. And now there's just like productive time. What do I do with this? <laughs> That's what it was. That's why there's no PHP drama. Everyone's drama boots have been completely filled by <laughs> by all of the politics stuff going on. Everyone's screaming at each other and screaming at their family and screaming at everyone else. They're like, can we just write code in peace? Yeah, that looks like a very interesting project. I'm not going to use it. Never mind. Like, and everyone's just suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> something nice to each other. I respect your opinions on that. Now I'll move yeah. on. Yeah, agree yeah. to disagree. We're all. Well, I mean, I don't know. There was that one guy who read a lengthy blog post who was like trying to start some drama, apparently, and everyone just kind of moved on with his reasons on why he was going to vote for Trump. It was, it was pretty good to see everyone just like, we're not going to engage. We're just going to move on and make fun of you behind your back. Yeah, and what I really like about that is before anyone's even been cancelled, everyone just goes, I bet I'm going to get cancelled soon. Ooh, ooh, you're going to cancel me? You're going to cancel me? Everyone's like, no, nah, we just don't. We're just not very impressed with you, honestly. We just don't care about you. You're not cancelled. You're just clearly too stupid to follow. Like, <laughs> there was no real, no real drama there that I saw. I mean, I will say, like, I remember um, leading up to the inauguration, I was, like, in a state of mental wreck because I was just like, doom scrolling my way like from morning until night and then I'd wake up and doom scroll again and 
now that that's all gone, like I've replaced it with playing chess and making memes and sending them to my coworkers. Cause I'm like, what, what do I do? Like Twitter is boring. Oh, I'm sorry. They broke it. You need to get on clubhouse where you can listen to Bitcoin bros and God knows what else. Am I too old for this? Cause I don't fucking get clubhouse. Is it just I feel, like I feel too old. With random people? Yeah. Like what is it? Uh, it's just this, I think. <laughs> is this just a bunch know. of white guys recording themselves? Probably. I mean, Elon Musk was on it pretty, pretty mm. quick. Um, yeah, I've been invited to go and do something with a bunch of API vendors, do a, a tooling panel um, where can't imagine that's good. We did one very professional one. I, I was on the panel at the Postman Galaxy. Um, and, and as per usual, someone was just complaining about Open API because it does something and all they want is something and, and the things they're describing are the same so i have to explain that to them on a panel where they're experts um and um yeah d- polite and professional is is easy on a like conference panel i guess but then on clubhouse 7 p.m american time probably just going to be drunk so i don't know if i want to go do it do that <laughs> i think there's no consequences there right because it's not recorded so sure do it Oh yeah. Oh shit. And this one is recorded, isn't it? Yeah. So I probably should have done that the other way around where I yeah. got it. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning how this stuff works. <laughs> so you left New York and I'm pretty sure everyone I knew there has now left as well, except for yeah. like two people. So what'd you everyone's do gone. York? Everyone's gone apart from two of my favorite bartenders. They're still sticking it out, waiting for waiting for me to come back. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think New York's kind of done for me. I'm I'm not really trying to get back to the states right now. Um, I've um gone and got myself Dutch residency. Bit of a bit of a drama with Brexit and COVID, kind of screwing that all up at the same time. We 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 were Brexiting, and so I was there for the last half of December trying to get my paperwork sorted out, and then the offices all closed because because of COVID lockdowns. Um, so I've had to go backwards and forwards between the Netherlands and the UK several times in quarantine on both sides and get my nose jabbed both sides at like nine covid tests now i'm getting sick of it but um yeah i managed to get my dutch residency so i'm still european i just have to learn to talk funny yeah do you uh, have to learn dutch <laughs> yeah uh yes but at some point if i want to get my dutch citizenship um then i have to learn it and currently all i really know is nooking in the cooking which means fucking in the kitchen um and um, essentials <laughs> what sorry essentials yeah the essentials um yeah just not not really anything useful just little bits here and there but uh it, it's my favorite thing in the world i promise i mean no offense to any dutch people uh, i say this with love because i am becoming one of you now um I, i've met some germans who call uh the dutch swamp germans because <laughs> it's really similar to german but just a bit different and like they're you know living in land that was pulled out the sea so um yeah a lot of stuff sounds a lot like english just kind of funny like they're all germanic languages right like the dutch branched off of germany uh off of german and english uh old english kind of branched off of german so there's loads of stuff that sounds really really similar um and so like someone could just be talking away in dutch and then you like get bits of it it's really weird um but yeah definitely can't say anything useful just yet is there any relation between like uh in German, it's Dutch, right? In Dutch, is that? Yeah. Am I just a dumb American, or is that related somehow? Probably. I I don't know. <laughs> there's um there's there's two countries that Americans get confused all the time in Europe, which is um, Slovakia and Slovenia, um, and a lot of people think they're the same thing. Um, they're two really similar words. They just kind of both come from Slovak, which is like a a, a name for the um the people that were there before any of those countries existed or whatever. Just like historically, kind of branched off the same. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that in Europe that I haven't got a clue about. But just Google it. I'm not fucking Wikipedia, Ben. Do your own work. Now this is the section of the show where we give you random airport codes and you tell us exactly how many trees it takes to offset them. <laughs> I will build you a calculator that does that. And no, I won't. <laughs> That'd be a great Chrome extension, you know? Like I'm going to book a flight on Delta and you just like horrify me with how many trees it would take to offset. Yeah. Yeah, there's a load of those around, and they're all like, it'll be like five euros. And they're like, oh, cool, I can I can spare five euros. Why am I saying euros to Americans? I don't know. But uh, yeah, ain't much. And then, yeah. Uh, well, Matt got really bored. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he's out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the snow finally took him out. Could be. 
Hey, yeah. Matt. Thanks for joining us on the PHP Town Hall. All right. Oops. Dumb track pad exited me out. All right. So uh, thanks for joining us, Phil. I think we've uh, covered everything to the point that Matt is just tired of your shit. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. That seems fair. Thank you for having me back on the podcast, everyone. Um, if you want to check out what I've been working on recently, check out stoplight.io for all the API stuff and protect.earth. We've got one of them fancy .earth domains. Um, so you can see what we're up to with all the tree planting stuff. Um, and then give me all of your money so I can do a carbon offsetting scam. That's what it's all about. Just about taking your money for scams. Um, all right, Thank and you. we're running a contest. If we get 5,000 trees, Bill will shave his head live on Clubhouse. <laughs> I think that's audio only, so I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> Wait, is it? I thought it was video. I don't to. know. I haven't even oh, looked at it. This is the, 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 I mean, we're all in our 30s somewhere, and, and we're just kind of, we don't know anything. It's like TikTok or whatever. I've just like spent years just not even looking at it. I haven't even typed in clubhouse.com or whatever. I, I just got an Instagram like two weeks ago and I signed up, right? And my buddy was like, oh, there's this golf chat in there or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And yeah. Then, uh, I go to sleep. Like I sign up, upload a bunch of shit, go to sleep. And I wake up in the morning and my parents have liked on my pictures. I'm like, how the fuck are my parents on Instagram before me? Like, it's not okay. No. Yeah, well, I'm going to sign off and go and record a, a cool new uh, dance on TikTok. Um, and then Clubhouse after that. <laughs> See you guys. Cool. Yeah. See you later.